Hello, 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 and welcome back to an all-new episode of The Darius Show. For this episode, we're going to be doing a review of the Letterkenny spinoff series available now on Hulu, Shorzy. This follows the side character Shorzy, who's been peppered out throughout the entire series of Letterkenny as the side gag character played by Jared Kiso himself, the creator and main character of Letterkenny, uh, always uh, wheeling and dealing some funny chirps uh, in realistically uh, representing a comedic but antagonistic type presence throughout the series. But uh, longtime Letterkenny fans will know that you never see his face. And so this spinoff that revolves around this character, this faceless character up until this point, uh, is definitely a very interesting move on the Letterkenny team to kind of dive into. I was cautiously optimistic coming into this, but this just proves to me that the team behind Letterkenny just can't stop because I was utterly delighted by the outcome of this series and giving it a watch. Without further ado, I'm going to play the intro and we're going to get right into it. Letterkenny spinoff, Shorzy Review. Let's do it. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. So, as I mentioned before, the series revolves around their main character is Shorzy. Shorzy, towards the end of his Letterkenny run, essentially without you know rehashing his entire plot line, ends up having to, if he want to, in order to continue to play hockey, he has to move towns, and he ends up getting shipped over to a a triple A hockey league team. Now, I'll be honest, I have never watched hockey. I've never played hockey. Um, I'm a Florida boy, so you know this taking place in Canada, it revolving around hockey, I'm probably a big mismatch for this overall demographic, this target audience for this series. The same could be said for Letterkenny. Just in terms of my experience, there's not much I should be getting out of uh, this type of program. Uh, that being said, this series is persistent and wins me over immediately with its quick quips and dialogues and its it's honestly effectiveness at introducing and endearing me towards so many characters in such a short run. This season is only six episodes. It's kind of a standard for Letterkenny. There have been longer seasons, and I feel like there's even been shorter seasons, but six seems to kind of be their sweet spot for how long they want to do character arcs and for the stories that they tell within a season. But given that it is only six episodes, the actual mileage that I get out of this makes it feel like I'm watching 12. That's it's something that Letterkenny I you know I'm putting this under a Letterkenny umbrella because it really does have the same isms as Letterkenny this story just happens to revolve specifically around the hockey team uh, whereas that's just a small feature of the stories that we get through Letterkenny typically but it's something that Letterkenny in general is always really good at accomplishing which is packing so much plot so much dialogue so many jokes and so much just character work you know dynamics between different characters within such a small time Letterkenny seasons are never long and episodes are just 30 minutes but you feel like you're watching a movie every single time anyways ever since Shorzy has moved to this new town and joined a new hockey league they have been doing terribly and at the point where we pick up in the narrative they've lost so many games in a row that the the head of their company is just ready to fold the team altogether and that's kind of the plot that we're dealing with shorzy who actually is a character you we've gotten moments with shorzy within letter kenny to prove how much he is in love with the game of hockey 
Uh, as I mentioned before, he is you. Typically speaking, he's an antagonistic presence for especially the character Riley and Jonesy. And generally speaking, he's just taking the piss out of everyone. But we've gotten smaller moments with him, especially uh, specifically one episode, I believe, in season six, where uh, Jerry Kiso's main character actually sees him on the ice and he sees how tirelessly he's working after hours to the point where he's making himself puke on his own time. Uh, that's just an example of his commitment to the game of hockey. And that's really his character that we explore in the series. So he's so desperate to keep his team alive just so that he can continue playing that he basically makes a big pact uh, with the with the manager of the team. He tells her that, um, you know, we just won't ever lose again. I'll get I'll get together a team of men. I'll make sure that we get butts in the seats here. And, you know, you'll make money. We'll never lose again. And if we ever do, then we'll fold. He's kind of making a last-ditch effort gamble. He's he's creating the stakes so high that he has no other choice but to win is kind of the way that he approaches this. Now, I do want to dive into the mindset that he has for his team and in going into this scenario, but I do want to pull over and make a quick pit stop for uh, Nat, who is like the team manager. You know, again, I don't really know him anything about hockey, so I might get some of the terminology wrong, but she essentially seems to be like the owner of the team and she makes the decisions and everything like that. Um, she was really good. <laughs> uh, she didn't necessarily elevate her role past anything we haven't seen from similar characters in Letterkenny. For example, Tannis. She gives a very Tannis energy. Um, that being said, she's accompanied by two right-hand women uh, that together as a trio, they do bring a lot of energy to the table. Uh, that's something Letterkenny's really good at in general. They present trios or duos or specific groups of people that provide a very specific type of humor. Uh, they've done it time in and time out. If you've watched the series at all, you definitely know exactly what I'm talking about. But the specific energy that the three of them brought and the way that they balanced off Shorzy and the boys, uh, I think worked out really well. They're very present throughout the entire series, so they are very much so like one half of the point of view when you're watching this series. And again, just the way that they played off Shorzy in a lot of scenes, uh, just it worked really well for me. I'm not going to say they made me laugh out loud or anything. They were, certainly weren't the funniest part of the season, but their consistency helped drive the season through where it needed to be. Now, when Shorzy is assembling his, let's say, suicide squad in order to do better in this hockey league, he his main criteria and the reason why he feels like his team has not won in the past is because, sure, they want to win, but that's not what it's about. It's about hating losing, which I think is just a very interesting um, perspective to kind of zero in on. Everybody wants to win, but what he's what the difference that he's marking here is gathering people that hate to lose because that's a different kind of drive that'll get you further along in this specific game in this specific context. I really appreciate how they delineate this specific perspective. Um, it's something that you can kind of grasp with, even though it's a it is an abstract concept. You know, you can't really put into words specifically what that looks like, but it is that X factor. It is uh, that cool angle that does add a bit of. It's kind of the chemical X in the series. They they touch down on that phrase multiple times throughout, and that's kind of like the major lesson that they're sticking to. Now, at the end of the day, this is a sports movie. Like this series, the six episodes arc plays out just like a sports movie would, you know, the Mighty Ducks, let's say, or in any countless uh, number of sports movies that you've seen. Uh, the difference here being is that it's relentlessly funny. <laughs> uh, we also don't get 
a crazy amount of gameplay. We certainly get a lot more of that in the final two episodes of this season. And they, I think, deliver probably for any hockey fans that are watching uh, much stronger. Whereas in the first half, you're getting a lot of build up to the hockey game, a little bit of gameplay, and then cut to right after the hockey game. Um, and so that it it follows the sports movie arc narrative aside from the actual playing because you don't get super in-depth plays when you're watching this. It's really about, you know, you see this team that's at their lowest of their low and then they need to build kind of a stronger team and build back up. You know, all the stakes are so high. They set up the different people that they have to battle throughout it. And it's a it's a story about bonding a team together, but overall triumphing and coming from zero and becoming the hero by the end of the narrative. Um, again, it plays just like that narratively, the overall beats of this. It plays just like that. Of course, this is a little bit longer than a movie might be. Not too much. It, it honestly could be watched as one really long movie. Uh, that's actually something they maybe should have considered doing for this series. It would have been certainly a very unique approach, but that's just one of the more interesting aspects to the series. And I think is more or less the foundation of it. The reason why it works so well is because it's littered with all the Letterkenny isms and humor that comes with that uh, very unique style of humor, but the bones of it still has the structure of a sports movie. And for that reason, it makes it very easy for the audience to kind of jump into it and follow along, even if you're not a big hockey fan like myself. The players that he assembles for his little suicide squad is just absolutely so fun. Um, again, I don't know how this show with, with six episodes going less than 30 minutes each, I don't understand how they introduce so many different players that I'm immediately connected to. They establish their kind of personality for each of these characters. And by the by the end of episode one, by the time they've introduced all these characters, I'm fully in. I understand their roles. I understand their humor and their group chemistry is I'm already sold on it. Um, I'm not going to go through each of them because, you know, with a shorter series, you don't really get specific plot beats for each character. But the overall dynamic that we do get from each one is just delightful. It's something that Letterkenny does well as well is rounding out a nice group of guys specifically, typically usually guys um, that just have a great chemistry and a great bro- a great brotherhood. You believe that each person in this situation will go to bat for each other. Now, I'm not going to break down each little character, but I am going to highlight a few of the different character dynamics that I really like this season. Now, if we're talking about characters that shine this season, at the top of that list has to be Sanguinette. He is like water boy turned coach, turned like the, the one like <laughs> steadfast, like best character in the series, honestly. He does end up shining very aggressively throughout the series. Now, when I try to look up the person who played this, I'm really not finding much online. I think that's odd. He's actually excluded from the official cast list online. But I have found that the actor who plays him is Harlan Blaine Kaitawayat. I know I butchered that. I'm sorry. But, um,. His character, the first half of the season, I felt like he was lacking in a lot of energy, uh, especially in the first two episodes. His purpose didn't didn't stretch beyond being a punching bag for Shorzy, and the different roles of characters that are punching bags for him kind of shift throughout the season. And so at first, I wasn't too sold on him, other than I think that he has a pretty visually striking presence on screen. Uh, he just looks unique, and he has a very, a very stoic uh, sense to him, even though he's not large in stature or anything like that. He does carry a sense of stoicism with him, and just that specific ingredient is very unique from any other character, what they're bringing to the table here. Um, his character arc was probably the most endearing. 
Uh, he didn't have a lot of respect at first, and then he slowly, inch by inch, everyone was regarding him with more and more respect. I, f- I wish that they gave him a little bit more to do. They give him a lot of cool moments that just kind of fall in his lap, but they haven't quite convinced me that he is the necessary ingredient for this team's success. They almost got me there. I'm, I was following along, and I was waiting for this big moment from him, and I don't feel like we quite got that from this character. So if this show does progress into a season two, I would like much more sanguinette action. Uh, things where he's impacting the narrative more directly instead of just being present for all the major moments, if that makes sense. It's kind of what it feels like. I just wanted a little bit more from that character, even though I, I really like what we got out of him. I guess it's just a compliment that I wish that we got more uh, s- shining from him. I also want to make a pit stop and talk about the gyms. There's three characters named Jim on the series. They're part of the they're they're the tough natives, which. Uh, as the series makes a great effort to point out, tough natives is redundant because all the natives in the series are tough. You can assume that. And the gyms are no exception. They're hilarious. They all insist that they be called Jim because that is their name. And they're unwilling to compromise on that, even for the uh, comfort of the team. Once Shorzy and the team kind of just accepts that that's what they're going to get called, you never you never blink an eye to the absurdity of it moving forward. They just Jim, 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 Jim it all the way down, and it just works. They each have a distinct personality, and it's actually really impressive that those personalities are able to shine through when typically they're each getting one or two lines per episode. But the, consist- the consistency and the humor that gets brought to the table from those characters in particular is definitely one of the ingredients that made this season stick out as like uh, something very unique. There's also a character who plays the bartender at the spot that they hit up here. Uh, I can't find her name right now because she's not listed amongst the main cast. And frankly, I'm not that diligent of a researcher. But I appreciate that they hit a different bell for this uh, bartender type character. Uh Letterkenny always kind of has a female bartender uh, to play off of whenever they're going to eat, wherever they're going. Uh, sometimes that's Modine. It's usually Modine. And in Letterkenny's uh, sake, sometimes it is Bonnie McMurray. Uh, but in this case, and again, I cannot remember her name, but her character basically takes the piss out of everybody who comes to serve her, especially Shorzy. Like she fervently hates him and by association dis- pretty much disrespects his entire crew. Uh, I just appreciate that change of pace. It felt like, you know, it's ob- when you're watching this, it's so obviously in the Letterkenny world, but there's enough differences to actually make it a unique and valid spinoff. And to that point, I have to talk about just how prominent Letterkenny is as like a franchise at this point. It's not something, at least here in the States and Florida, I don't hear people talking about this at all. It's actually very rare that I communicate with anyone that's actually seen Letterkenny before or knows what it is. That being said, once I do meet someone who has seen it, they tend to have the same kind of obsessed love with it as I do. The way that they deliver dialogue in this in this franchise, the the writing, the quips, the humor, it is so unique and it is so funny that I think anyone who gives it a chance is immediately infected by it. I so strongly want to be able to talk and, and make jokes the way that they do at the rapid speed that they do with the, frankly, like, lyrical... Um, that's not the right word. The musical energy that it has to it. There's such a rhythm to everything they say. And if they if they use one phrase, they're probably going to echo it a couple more times. They really hit it home by the last time they deliver that same phrase. They've primed you for it with a couple rep- repetitive beats leading up to it. And I think that's one of the ways that they really drive home their specific tone. 
at this point, Letterkenny has had, I believe, eight or nine seasons. Uh, they've already had a spinoff called Little Kenny, which is like an animated anthology series within the Letterkenny world, following their same characters just as little baby forms. And now a full-blown spinoff series diving into the, one of their more most obscure characters, Shorzy. At this point, that's three series under one little franchise belt. And I have to assume it's much more popular uh, in places that are not America, especially Canada, I'm assuming. But uh, I just want to I just wanted to ring that bell. You know, I get the feeling not many people are going to listen to this episode because, like I said, I don't really know anybody that watches the show. But uh, if you do watch the show, you, you'll you know what I'm talking about. I just think it's really impressive that in this day and age of so many different franchises, things that have spinoffs and try to build out a world letter Kinney, which is one of the silliest worlds i've ever seen is doing one of the most effective jobs at doing that and their hit rate at this moment is three out of three for me okay something i definitely need to talk about is the soundtrack for this series and just the specific direction that it chooses okay so before i mentioned how how in such a small track of time, they deliver so much plot and so much dialogue. It's insane to me the spitfire rate at which dialogue comes out and how much ground they cover within that time. And then the other half of the episode, they'll play a full song, basically have a music video sequence where you're eating up 30 seconds at a time, at least, sometimes even like a full minute, just to watch one character slowly walk past another to the tune of either a heavy metal song or a like dubstep beat like house music and even sometimes they dip their toe into more techno music. Uh, what really jumps out to me is the final like the final big uh, hockey brawl, the final scene of you, of watching our characters play hockey this season is actually set to the tune of like not literally Beethoven but something very Beethoven-esque, a, a light piano kind of uh, uh, a tune and they really let it linger on there's at least three minutes of this piano tune backdropping this epic battle that's happening on screen and at first you would think that's a mismatch especially with the kind of music that they typically use and I'm I will be as bold as to say that there isn't even much cohesion to the different songs that they play on the soundtrack yet every time they play a song with the shots that are happening on screen it seems like the song was made specifically for this scene it's it's really impressive the the music in this series and by extension letter kenny in general always tends to do this as well just always surprises me and it's something unique it's always something very out there it's something it's usually very intense music as well but yeah i find myself i find it so infectious the music uh cuts through my tv screen and i feel it in my bones immediately and this show is just so good at finding that the right the right sound, the right score for any specific scene, whether that be a dialogue between two characters going at it or that be them brawling on the hockey ice. I was going to say field, but I don't think that's correct. Uh, it only seems to hit home. And the last thing I'll really talk about here is just Shorzy as a character himself. You know, as I mentioned, this is Jared Kiso, who's the creator and main actor. He plays Wayne in Letterkenny. Um, he's got a lot to do. This guy's quite busy. But, you know, Shorzy as a character, as long as we've known him, uh, he's always just chirping and insulting everyone around him. And there is a moment, I think it's in episode two, where we get a breakdown between him and uh, his soon-to-be coach talking about, like, why do, you, why do you insult everyone? Why are you always taking the piss out of everyone? Whatever. And the way he sees it is that if you're my brother, if I've, like, welcomed you as someone that I will go to bat for, I will get injured for, I will, I have your back and you have mine, then I can call you a titty fucker or whatever, whatever kind of insult. 
Um, it's it's interesting to get this layer to his character because what it really tells you is that it's really him feeling endeared towards you if he kind of talks to you like this. Um, fuck you from Shorzy is often probably, I don't know, I actually really like you. I want to play with you here. And I think that his chirping towards everyone could be looked at as mainly as playful. There's also an interesting episode where we dive into his family history, which I don't really know what that says for his character overall. I'd probably need a whole other podcast to dive into what that really meant. But getting the different layers to Shorzy's character, at the end of the day, I've come to realize he's just a sweetheart, same as anyone else. He love he fiercely loves everybody around him. And if he calls you his friend, he's going to treat you like a friend, whether that gets packaged in a bunch of insults or not. There's one character who kind of yeah, who who fills the place for Sanbury um, as the punching bag for Shorzy, and that's Fish. He's really kind of bottom of the totem pole, but the ways that he slowly starts to respect him and kind of build him up throughout the series, um, you really feel like you have to earn Shorzy's respect, but once you have it, it's a very endearing thing. And I'm not sure what that means overall. At the very least, he's a very interesting character who... Uh, is able to carry a scene and carry a series as the main character certainly very well. Uh, Jared Kiso uh, works spectacularly as a leading man. There's a bit of a romance that they tease for his character in the season that they never actually delivered on. They never gave us any sense of finality about it, although we see him uh, weakening her on that front uh, the whole time. That sounds a little creepy, but the way they deliver it is not. At first, she doesn't seem too interested in him, but with his lovely persistence, it seems that, like she definitely will come around. So that's certainly a reason to get into a season two. And they've already alluded to a follow-up. Um, you know, they their team did not disband, even though they did not take the W at the end of the day. Uh, they've alluded that they are going to keep still playing games. So I hope to get a season two. It'll be really fun to dive even deeper into the world of Shorzy and all the characters that they've introduced around him. Okay, I do have a habit of when I enjoy a show, I tend to over-talk it, so I don't want to just suck this show's dick. For a second here, I do want to get, though, a little criticisms at it. So, uh, one thing, and I will say that Letterkenny suffers from this at times as well, but uh, Shorzy introduces strong female characters. Female characters that, dialogue-wise and in a scene where uh, the dialogue is very punchy, there's a lot of jokes every second, you're delivering a lot of energy, they go tit-for-tat with the male characters all the time, and for that, I definitely appreciate it. That being said, I really tried to look out for scenes in this series that that had females that were communicating with each other about anything that wasn't guys. I think on a technical level here, I don't think that this series passes the Vectal test, that being said, if it's complicated because, you know, this at times there's moments of um, derogatoriness, not derogatoriness, uh, moments of men speaking down towards girls or kind of treating girls like objects and, you know, really emphasizing their hotness um, and their attractiveness. Like that comes up a lot in the series, uh, as it does Letter Kenny. At the same time, the females feel like they really keep their dignity. Um, it, it does it does show kind of a misogynistic point of view, or at least a uh, a less mature one from the male point. Of, you know, the male gaze at plenty of times. But for some reason, the girls feel like such strongly written characters uh, that it still feels okay. I'm just what I'm trying to say is that there's something complicated about the way that this series treats their females. It's it's not perfect, but for some reason, it does still kind of work. But you know, they're walking a thin line is what I'm trying to communicate here. They could probably have done that a little bit better. 
as much as I gave praise to the series for introducing so many endearing characters that I, I did really grow to like in the small run that it had, there are a couple characters that do end up slipping through the ca- the cracks. JJ, for example, was a character who was introduced in episode one. Super cool concept, very interesting relationship to Shorzy. He was probably set up to have the most dynamic relationship with him, um, but he gets kind of quickly forgotten and then just barely used throughout the rest of the series. Um, it's kind of like he's just like a MacGuffins. He's just a, no, excuse me, not MacGuffins. I used that wrong. Uh, he's just kind of a means to an end, and he's just the reason why things are happening a certain way. And I just don't think that him as a character was well uh, used throughout. They dropped the ball in him a little bit. There's also a character named Michael who they introduced kind of later on. I think it's in episode three when he first kind of shows up. And they catch you up on his history with with Shorzy and the team and everything. And they're using him for a lot of humor. You even see his penis hanging out and his reintroduction at a certain point. And his humor just really didn't work for me. It felt like, you know, when they started leaning into his character, it felt like they were trying to really build him up, use him for something. They were using him like, you know, like he's a, you know, other side of the coin version of Shorzy. Like they were really rivals for a second there, but they never really did anything with that. I never found, you know, of all the of all the funny things that happens on this show and all the funny characters, he was the largest miss for me. I He plays the goalie on their team. I just really didn't see the point of really using this character. I think sidelining him and giving more attention to the other people that they established in the first episode a lot better, I think would have been a better use of their time. I just didn't need that character in particular. Or you know, if they were going to use him, they should have used him a bit more effectively. Both of those being said, those are small critiques for a series where I otherwise thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Every time I'm watching this show, I just can't stop. I'm just sitting there and I'm eating it like popcorn. Uh, But yeah, that's going to bring this review to a close. Uh, If you're listening all the way to this point, I really appreciate you giving me a shot here. Uh, I, of course, appreciate any feedback that you could provide for me. My email is T-H-E-D-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. That is the D show at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I appreciate any feedback. Of course, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on TikTok. You can check out my stuff. And of course, hit me with the follow on Spotify. And if you're one of the few people around here that actually watches the show here in the States, well, thank you for watching it. I hope you enjoyed this review of it and send it to somebody else. You know, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine this one's going to find too many people, but Again, thank you so much for listening. This has been The Darius Show, and remember, I love you.